Hey, everybody. Absolutely fantastic episode of the morning show today. We cover some of the news that happened in the NFT space over the weekend. Vince Van Doe, very notable collector and fund manager within the NFT space, raised $1.6 million by doing an open edition inspired by Jack Butcher's check collection success called Pepe Checks. So we definitely talk about that. We mention uh, some of the action that we're seeing on SoRare, actually $180,000 sale on SoRare, and do a little bit of a deep dive into the Jack Butcher Checks ecosystem. So overall, it's a great show. Uh, the show, like all of our content, is sponsored by So Rare. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash so rare. That's T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y dot com slash S-O-R-A-R-E. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday. Get your ass up. It's time for the NFT Morning Show. We run this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week, where we discuss all things NFTs, crypto, personal finance, the stock market, the macro environment, technology, gaming, entertainment, and everything in between. I'm your host, P.O., here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, the funniest man in the business, King Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders, soon to release a really cool new uh, game, I suppose. We'll have to learn about it at some point. Easy Eats Bodega, the host of GMGM Market Talk, among other popular Web3 shows, and the founder of Bodago, soon to, hear to block, soon to hit a blockchain near you. Signal, the host of Artist Spotlight, a rising content vertical at the Nifty. And Bunny, Bunny, your bio just says that you miss your checks. Yeah, man. Uh, there may be someone on stage who peer pressured me. Uh, into selling them at the local bottom of 1.25. He said we saw at the top it was peak FOMO. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to call him out by name. But I mean, who could that be? A good friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see who's on stage here. It had probably the portal account. <laughs> it was you. It was you, dude. Why'd you tell uh, me to sell? I, whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't click the mouse for you. What are they at now? It's the Mona Lisa. They're chewy. Oh boy! But the open, the open, the whatever the hell it's called, I don't understand. So what? what oh, Pepe with Open this? Edition. It's what, the what? Pepe no, Edition. The... Those ones from Vince oh, Van Dyke. Oh, Pepe. Oh, Pepe. Yeah, so that's the also made from the same team. Yeah, yeah, but I don't understand. So was that a burn dynamic or just another? There's no dynamic yet because he changed because Jack Butcher changed the checks to a Pepe last night. Because of Vince Van Doe's open edition, speculation ran that the O'Peppins would have something coming. And then the tweet got cycled again of Jack Butcher saying, we're not doing anything until Chex is fully self-sustainable. All of our focus is only on Chex. Um, yeah, I think this is more of a trickle-down effect uh, yes. of just like Chex running and then the other two. Just Chex, O'Peppin, merge. The math is correct in that order every single time. Uh, kicks. And I both uh, went to the same. Uh, is this uh, Lululemon person? I'm, I'm wearing Lululemon. Are you? Yeah, it's great quality. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same. We have the same shirt that we're wearing today, so uh, that's pretty nice. Um, but you know, Lululemon is on my brand. I don't know about yours, Kick. So uh, I feel like I deserve. I, mean, it. I can take my shirt off right now if you want. I, okay. <laughs> there we um, go. Now we're talking. So I bought into whatever the worst check project merge this weekend i got checks pepe edition and then i got an open edition from tommy wilson but i mean it, i paid 12 dollars, so that that's the uh total amount i spent there but i bought a lot more with the checks pepe edition at at a local top and uh oh you didn't mint it you bought it secondary i did that's an interesting move the the like the two hundred thousand supply didn't scare you at all. Yeah, I mean it didn't make me feel great. Uh, well, it's a good thing when that I went in the Discord. This is every time I've lost money. I load up the Discord. I see people going crazy in something, and I FOMO into some uh, project, and that's literally what happened here. I was just seeing a stream of checks related stuff and people tweeting about it, and I'm just like, I'm missing out on the checks. I'm not gonna ape in it at two ETH. I'm gonna go the derivative style as my my local trading advisor signal suggested, and uh, so you don't don't make that face. You were you were <laughs> uh, discussing derivative checks projects being the future. Yeah, I know, but 
I don't know. And it's true. And my thesis turned out completely right. My thesis was trickle down effect if checks continue to rise. So I feel like I made everyone cash who took that move. Uh, and you know what? The, the I mean, we'll discuss it. But like I did mint like full send on the, the VVD because uh, I was like, this is too middle bell, you know, you know, you know, the middle bell curve. And I was like, this, this is like the left side of it. And I was like, full send off we go so yeah but we'll talk about it later what's going on there but, but didn't that even 2x so that was a good 2X. Yeah, it's a yeah it's already 2x i'm like cha-ching and vincent van doe's losses that he took buying all the random nfts he bought in 2021 and early 2022 are now offset by the 1.6 million dollar primary sale so at least it was for a good cause ladies and gentlemen hey look we got to get into the show now uh we have our daily question the daily question today i'm going to pop it into the comments right now and pin it to the top what is the best documentary you've ever seen nick what's the best documentary you've ever seen I watched so many, dude. Uh, it, it's it's difficult for me. The real question, the the metric for me is which one causes you to change your behavior. Mm. Uh, and the one that did that for me for about forty eight hours was a vegan one. Oh, I'm blanking on the name of that. So, some vegan and, propaganda. Very nice. And and, and I I uh, watched it. I decided spontaneously that I was now a vegan. And uh, I started essentially starving myself. And by the by the next day, I felt like I was going to die because I probably was going to because I wasn't consuming any protein. Exactly. I was literally just having like carrots and cucumbers and uh, went uh, promptly with my uh, now ex. We went to the supermarket and I started just eating food in the supermarket mm -hmm. like without checking out because I was in such dire straits. I just like took up a banana and started just like just eating it. I believe um, this. Right there. So that was what uh, I dealt with um, as a result of some of the, the so that was, it, it was a good documentary. It transformed <laughs> my life for 48 hours. And I Nick, what was the last documentary you saw? Uh, I can't tell you the last, but um, one of my favorites, probably the smartest guy in the room. The, the That's a good one. That's Mine's good probably one. The Hobbit. That's probably <laughs> my favorite documentary. The Hobbit. Pretty good one. The, the corporation was a, was a big one for me. Uh, really impacted my view on kind of, uh, well, just our, our, the, our society that we live in and how cor corporations just ruin the government and by definition or by their behavior, if you measure them based on uh, past action, they're uh, technically psychopaths. So corporations are psychopaths. And uh, so after I watched that, it was quite fascinating. There was another one, I'm gonna have to look it up, a PBS show about um, advertising to the youth. And it kind of uh, represented, it was like them, a peek behind the scenes of who was running the advertising when uh, I was a kid. And it and the sort of manipulative behavior that they would do on it was heavily influenced by like Viacom and the stuff that you'd see on MTV, Nickelodeon, those sorts of places. And um, it was uh, interesting to see kind of how they approached marketing. Um, it it's just a great documentary. Uh, both both of them. Uh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look up the uh, the PBS one. Um, and then I watched so many frontline shows. Yeah. Dude, those, so, so once those. again, Nick, the question was, what's the best documentary you've ever seen? Yeah, not what's every so documentary you've ever well, seen. Right. I mean, so, so we're going to, we're going to so keep drilling this. Count, we'll keep drilling this and, and you're going to, I, I, guarantee you're going to get it at some point. Um, in other news, people from the audience, we got uh, Juniper, that's at Juniper5513, representing for Free Solo. If you haven't seen that one, that's a hell of a documentary right there, telling the tale of Alex Honnold as he free soloed El Capitan, one of the most challenging mountains to climb in the world, uh, and he does it without a rope. That um, was a good one. That's definitely a good one. Uh, our, our pal Spotty Wi-Fi said Hoop Dreams is up there. Hoop Dreams, of course, uh, very, very, you know, storied or, or just, uh, you know, renowned documentary following the four-year careers of two high school basketball players in Chicago uh, from when they're 13 until they're 18. Very, very good one. BT 
at Humble Genius has uh, The Last Dance, which has to be a candidate for me. The Michael Jordan 1998-99 Chicago Bulls documentary, The Sixth Ring, the last, the last dance that they had together. Nick, go ahead. Ether C and Final Ryan both put up Jiro Dreams of Sushi. and Very popular also, documentary. That, that did change uh, my mind on fine dining and mm -hmm. I became a fine dining addict at that moment in my life as a result of watching Jiro Dreams of Sushi, thinking that I was narrating my own life as I consumed uh, overpriced food at three Michelin star restaurants. Um, Very nice. I mean, that's, that is a different documentary than just a vegan propaganda film. So I can definitely get behind Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Well, it was a pre precursor or prelude to uh, Chef's Table on Netflix, yep, uh, which I think was completely based off of, inspired by Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which just did such a good job. It was such a great documentary, and it brought in some of that uh, Japanese minimalism. So it, I don't know, J Japanese culture like r really, really became popular in the U.S. I feel like, uh, or already was, but became even more so after uh, that documentary. Yeah, we'll read a couple more. Ca uh, Can't Wait said, Searching for Sugar Man. If you haven't seen that one, that's a really good one. That won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. It's the story of Rodriguez, a musician. And I'm not going to spoil it for everybody else because you kind of need, you need that, you just need that documentary. Uh, Melissa Mimosa said, Hands Down, the Kanye West documentary. Uh, that was a good one. Directed by Cootie and Chike. It was filmed over two decades and shows everything he's been through day one. Humanizes Kanye in a big way, and it was uh, recorded before he went completely nuts. It, it's hard to humanize a, a Nazi, and uh, they seem to pull that off very effectively. Made me even uh, empathize with uh, Kanye and was inspired by Kanye. Um just in general, I mean, just the creative talent that he has. So that's unfortunate that he became a Nazi. GM Yokai says, exit through the gift shop. Oh, the Banksy one. documented ba Banksy and Mr. Brainwash. There's so many. This is just great. There's so many good documentaries. It's just can't get enough of it. You know, can't get enough, man. Uh, well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to read more of those later in the show. We are about to get to the weather report. Very, very excited to hear what went on in the NFT space over the weekend. Before we go any further, the first tweet I have pinned to the top is for you to subscribe to our newsletter because it's just something you have to do. Subscribe to our newsletter. We're sponsoring our own show today. It's sponsored by our newsletter. So go subscribe to it. You know, engage with that tweet. Do all that stuff. TheNifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com for the newsletter. Uh, Nick, anything to add on the newsletter before we go on to the weather report? Mm, no, just sign up. But uh, if you go to the website and you're Yahoo or AOL, remember you can't sign up right there right now. Although I had, had some breakthroughs this weekend in terms of uh, potential approaches to expand the audience to some of those Yahoo email people who seem uh, like they want to sign up for the newsletter. I feel like if you're reading with Yahoo, you're not actually reading the newsletter anyways. Like it doesn't even matter. So it's like us excluding them doesn't doesn't make a difference well, one way or another. That said, there are Yahoo people who do read the, the newsletter. That's pretty rude. You're basically implying that if you have a Yahoo email address, you can't read. No, that wasn't what I was implying. I was saying that it's a junk email address for most people. They put their Yahoo email and then they don't actually read the inbox. So that's not what I was implying. But uh, like, yeah, that's the, that's the behavior that a lot of people use. You implied it. Uh, over to Signal for the weather report. Really excited to dive in and to understand what happened in the NFT space this weekend. Signal, please take it away. Yeah, big weekend. Uh, just before we do that, I'm going to give you a little bit of alpha. That question that Pierre asked about the documentary, bookmark it so that next time you're on Netflix, and you're like, what shall I watch? Pull up those names and you've got some great documentaries to get into. So that's my little bit of tip. That's right. Before we go in. But today, yep, Monday, the 6th of February, GM, a volume on OpenSea over the weekend came in pretty consistently. We hit about 14 million across uh, Blur and OpenSea. So that's pretty good, pretty consistent for the month. On to leaders, hasn't been a huge amount of change here, except you've got that Pudgies are now sitting comfortably above 6 ETH while we are seeing show, while we are seeing Clonex sort of pushing down towards 5 ETH, sometimes going below, but seems to be showing signs of support there. So a little bit of reconfiguring amongst the leaders there. Over the past 24 hours, well, you got checks that obviously we've been talking about that, that hit 
1.7 all-time high last week. Obviously, it's now uh, broken that after the whole Vincent Bando, Pepe checks uh, extravaganza. Several big sweeps have come in, pushing that floor to uh, new highs. And and as well, a check edition number two actually sold for $85,000. So we're getting the people who own the low serial numbers, not even wanting to sell them for punks. They're just holding onto them as uh, checks continue to soar. We've spoken about Vincent Van Do and Pepe Check. Just to give a bit of context there, there were over 200, so 237,000 of these uh, um, pieces actually minted for $6.9 and raising $1.6 million there. And despite that abundant supply, somehow uh, this has managed to double, went up to $16. Uh, so it's now sitting at a 2x at around $14. So pretty incredible there. On to Board Ape Yacht Club. Well, we saw Big Sweep come in by Nine Gags CEO there. He bought eight apes for $1.2 million, including two trippy apes. The rumor here is that Ray is going to be using these apes to raffle to the captain's holders. So if a captain's holder, good luck there. And then lastly, on to 10KTF. The Genesis tags have been seeing a nice, slow, consistent rise in price. The rumors are circulating that the G tags will be burnt for uh, a PFP in the future. Everybody gets very excited there now that it sits in the Yuga Labs uh, ecosystem, obviously with people behind that. So uh, the G tags, which were around 0.7 last week, are now nicely sitting comfortably above one ETH at 1.15. Onto crypto, things are pretty steady there. So don't need to go too much into the numbers. But overall, the weekend was, I would say, a fantastic weekend. You had buys at the high, buys at the mid, mid and buys at the low. So lots of plays, lots of choice as to what you could have done. Plays for today, looks like we've got the Rug Radios PFP. That's going to be minting today. And we've got some art blocks curated. So I'm sure we will continue to see some action there. Back to you, folks. Absolutely. Action-packed day-to-day uh, signal. Wonderful weather report, as always. Some other updates from the newsletter that I told you to subscribe to earlier. The nifty.com to subscribe to the newsletter. Signal already mentioned it. Our collector, Vince Van Doe, made $1.6 with his derivative of checks with the Pepe. Vince Van Doe pulling it out there, making up for every bad trade he's ever had. Uh, that guy's rolling in it at this point. Uh, Got to mention this. Ryan Carson hosts of the Twitter space Daily Dose faced intense criticism from the community, the NFT community, after investors raised concerns about the way he promoted his project Flux before fundraising was complete. Uh, on-chain sleuth Zach XPT uh, shared that Chase Senegal uh, is responsible, I guess, for pirating Twitter accounts, had his assets seed by, seized by the FBI after Zach posted an investigative threat. The FBI took crypto, a board ape, and a doodle, and all this other stuff. Is Zach going to get a job with the XP, uh, the FBI? That's what I wonder. I wonder if he's in uh, talks with the XP, uh, the FBI at this point because XPT and FBI sound pretty good together. Uh, YouTuber Logan Paul and his associates were named in a class action lawsuit over his alleged fraudulent crypto zoo NFT project. Well, look at that. Uh, other stories so rare. Our sponsor had their all time high sale 186 grand for a Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, one of one unique, so rare card. That's the Greek freak, uh, for all of you non NBA fans out there. The best player on Milwaukee, not as good of a team as the Boston Celtics, but you know, um, Pretty, pretty big sale right there. Other than that, DGENs, the, the good old boys, OSF and Mando, have announced a Grant Yun collab. So we'll have to see what that looks like. Apparently with DGENs, so that'll be interesting. Um, and Elon Musk announced that Twitter is going to share ad revenue with creators. Sounds good for people like us. We'll have to see if it's like a dollar or if it's actually something, uh, you know, significant. Those are your updates. Nifty, oh, oh, kicks. Kicks, you got a question before Nick takes it away. Pio, I, I got to hit you with this because this is a news story right down your alley. Remember how I hit you up about Bitcoin NFTs? Yes. Oh, yes. We forgot to so talk they, about that. Yeah, they've, they've figured out now to how to embed uh, NFTs in this thing called the ordinal or whatever. Ordinals, and yep. And you can't, you can't, like, there's no marketplace. You have to, like, OTC trade them all. But the day I hit you up about it, there's like BTC punks. They've done a hundred X in like four days. Um, 1.6 and $1.8 million sales last night on those. 
Oh, holy shit. Well, yeah. my rear Pepe's still aren't moving, so I don't really Wait, know. If so how did I miss the punk? Uh, we went, We had a conversation last week about Bitcoin NFTs, and I was like, I don't want the, – there's a site where you can upload your own. I want it, and I was like, I want a punk. And uh, I, so I guess there are – there. Uh, those exist. Yeah, they How do you trade buy them, them with Excel spreadsheets and OTC exchanges. And I wish I was kidding. It's like a manual invoice that they send you. It's like prominent with scams right now because like obviously it's all OTC deals. It's so deeply ingrained in the OG Bitcoiner mentality to not uh, have a smooth onboarding experience for people that I'm asking all my Bitcoin friends, including people that are like notable at big Bitcoin businesses. I mean, Nick knows them. And I'm like, how do I get the NFT? And the response that I get every time is OTC only. I'm like, oh, thanks. That, that's yeah, a know, People were like <laughs> saying that they, they're having to like run BTC nodes to mint this. And like, that's. Yeah, that's, that's the what, easy part. Like Morse code, Morse code sounds easier. Like I think it I'd takes be like six and a half hours to set that note up. By the way, like and it's like a manual process that you have to like monitor the computer to make sure nothing like breaks. And it's a manual process that nobody will tell you how to do. They'll just say two words like OTC only, and then be like, "You go figure it out, bitch." Anyway, um, well, I think there'll be a lot of upside still left when they come up with like a marketplace and make it easy for people to trade. But something for people to keep tabs on. Uh, and what makes it super bullish is a lot of BTC maxis hate it because it's messing up the block size and FUD is bullish in NFT. So keep tabs on that. Oh, yeah. Polarizing stuff's oh. always good. Go ahead, Nick. Six hours isn't that much considering the fact that that would be uh, like three POAPs from Ryan Carson. <laughs> and uh, and that, that only gives you like limited odds in terms of getting his NFT drop. So, But, but Nick, you're like already technical. So the chances are it takes you six hours, but it will probably take the average person double the amount of time. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm just saying like, it's probably like six to 18 hours is probably the setup well, bandwidth there. I appreciate you uh, calling me smart. That was, that was a very nice compliment. But uh, in terms of, I, I don't even know if I would end up uh, doing it. Uh, augment your reality. One of our commenters specified Merchants of Cool in uh, reference to the documentary I was referring to with advertising, and that is spot on. That's correct. I went and looked it up. That is the exact uh, series. It's on Frontline, and it's sponsored by none other than Earthlink. Uh, that for anyone who's my age, that may be a throwback to for some of y'all. Uh, they used to offer free internet in a world where you didn't have free internet, so you could dial up to Earthlink. I was an free. AOL CD kid. Just fucking I, I was also, but I'm just saying like, if you wanted your own account because you wanted to be a grown adult and you didn't want to be on your parents' AOL account, you could just go get a free Earthlink account, sign up. And I was a fan of that personally. So I used that for a small period of time. I had an Earthlink email address, I even think. So anyways, I'm old. That's the conclusion from uh, that statement. Uh, let's dive into uh, some of these stories from the day other than the documentaries, which are uh, pretty solid. Uh, we, uh, I'm trying to think actually which one of these stand, the, the, we, well, let's, let's try, dive into the checks real quick. Cause signal, you had some things that you wanted to share on this that we didn't get to dive into. I, I missed all of these trades as per usual. <laughs> um, and so I've just, this has been a complete disaster. All I've done is take losses left and right on anything associated with this. Uh, and, uh, so I, I want to understand What's the move here and what was the right move to participate in? And then additionally, so you're telling me Jack Butcher did another open edition that sold out for millions of dollars, further creating more tokens in his no. own ecosystem. Who said that? Well, what's the OPEP? No, that, was Vincent, that was Vincent Van Doe did a derivative mint of-, of No, OPEPIN was Butcher. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't make millions off of that. No. Yeah. Like, so it was it, free? One of the news stories is the fact that Vincent Van Doe, with his open edition derivative, made three times the amount of money that Jack Butcher has made off of checks, you know, being the wow. top. Prospect. We're half hour into the show, Nick. Where have you been? This is all we've been talking about. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to get the facts straight. OK, basically, basically, Jack Butcher has been doing like open editions for a period of time. He's done. He did checks. He did another one, I think maybe called Merge. He did Opepin. He's done like a lot of these. And they were all like relatively cheap open editions and didn't really pump. Then checks like started really pumping and he started to add these cool mechanics to checks. 
And people really started getting excited around that. And because of that, his other projects that he's launched, people started getting exciting about. So that's what was Signal was calling out on her last show. She was like, checks are really pumping. You should look at Jack Butcher's other projects. They're so, not really derivatives. They're other projects Jack Butcher has done. She's like, you should get in on those. And those all did like six X's over the weekend. So I made money on those I, or I sold out. Wait, those weren't even higher than they were at. I think we got in. Four right now, yeah. 0.24? Yeah. Oh my God, this is a difficult show for me to make through, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try. Uh, and uh, so I sold those at 0.06. That was the... Uh, <laughs> The only thing worse than missing a trade is to have actually touched the trade and and not made the massive gangers. If you feel bad, dude, there's people that minted probably like a hundred checks and they sold them all below point one. Yeah. Those people are like staring at the wall, like counting the hundreds of thousands of dollars they left on the table. Infinite regret, Nick. Infinite regret, buddy. So okay. But I'm Pio. I heard the thing about Vince Van Doe. I understand that. I want to clarify. I'm trying to get the sequencing of what happened here. It is of, a little of, confusing of what rolled because out. Jack Butcher has Opepin, which you traded, and then there's Chex no, I didn't. Pepe, I, which is I actually Pepe. haven't traded Opepin. The one oh, that we traded was Merge VV. You didn't buy Opepin? No, I didn't. Oh, me buy and Easy Opepin. bought it. Yeah. Okay, and what what did you get in at that? Oh no, I I I sold those all within hours of buying them. I made basically no money on any of that. So I remember us discussing that last week, and the price was already higher than the merge VV. That was the trade. So last week, we're discussing the checks. And this is a recap. I, ju I just want to say checks is Jack Butcher's project that set the world ablaze of NFTs because he basically did a Murat Pak style system, which instead of all the checks, uh, sorry, all the you circles. You just don't get it, bro. You just don't get it. All the circles adding up to one circle, all the checks add up to one check. Okay. So that's, that's where we're heading right now. And I, and I, I'm not sure what is the dynamic that you, is it a burning dynamic that gets you to reduce check sizes? Yeah, yeah it's a burning dynamic, uh, but you need to get to the black check. I think you'd need to have burnt something like 4,000 checks to actually get to the final check. And the final check has, there are three final checks. Um, but uh, what's crazy right now, there was a really good, um, there was a really good uh, tweet by NFT Statistics where he put into context as to the final value of what yeah, a black that. check is. About um, $10 million right now. Yeah, and like which is basically one of the top NFT, it, it would be one of the top NFT sales of all time, like sitting just below like alien punks. So right now, you know, logically, it is perhaps slightly overvalued considering its meteor meteoric rise. However, uh, left curve it, and I go back to Kix's tweet, which he says that, you know, you put out a great tweet that was uh, the NFT space underestimates the uh, what a new narrative can do. And we've seen that with loot and goblins. So I think like this is one of these plays where you just don't overthink it. And it's, I yeah. think it's, and it's, it's much more of a sentiment trade than it is a let's dig into the data and look at like right now, this is more valued. You know, th 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 this is more expensive than essentially a You're super not doing rare fundamental squiggle. analysis no. on this. Yeah, Absolutely exactly. Not. Yeah. So, yeah. If it goes to five, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think that it's, I don't think it's going to be like a, a 20 floor one day, but I think it could keep running. So, so I, I just want to recap and some commenters are, are uh, acting like this is a joke uh, in terms of my recap of this, but there's like 15 projects that are going on. So I just want to sequence what happened, which is why this is important. I'm not trying, I, I, I heard everything. I understand everything that has gone on. I understand Vince Van Doe's project. I see that there's no pepin but I want to break down some of the elements and the emotions that I feel like are going through the market right now because people are going crazy over checks this weekend. I got some artists open addiction, uh, addiction, addiction. It's an, it is an addiction uh, where he, he had posted uh, a Pepe checks and then, then Opepin comes out. So what I'm trying to understand is why not finish or are the checks fully self-contained and, and there's no more action for Jack to take at this point. It's really just like you collect them, you burn them, you end up with a bigger check and there's no, like it's, it's coded. There's no burn yet. 
Okay, so the, I mean, it's clear that there's some other action because if you go to that checks account, you see Pepe in there. You see some of these. He's uh, changing the metadata each day. So right now, if you squint your eyes and lean back, it's Mona Lisa. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> it was Pepe. Uh, he's done a few others. So basically, he just takes every derivative he sees and changes the metadata so that it's a new picture. So my question is, is why not focus on that? Uh, it's very cool what's being done there. Why introduce Opepin? Like, why did that have to show Opepin up? Opepin is earlier than checks, is my understanding. Oh, so basically, there's no connection between the projects. People are just buying it because just like board Ape pumps, you're like, oh, I'm going to buy a kennel because like the whole ecosystem, the whole family of NFTs is going to pump. That's why people yep. are buying the other things. I got it. So Opepin fall into the same category as Merge VV. I just bought the wrong one and got Merge VV instead. Other I, than I thought you bought it, man. We all, we all bought it Merge on the show. Merge VV went up 7x from when you guys bought it. Yeah, I did. I did decently on that. I don't like regret the trade. I didn't get Opepin, but anyways, okay. So now this makes a whole ton more sense. Nick's back aligned on the on the train. Let's proceed with the show. Uh, and the rest of the checks, I just want to uh, take note of is the derivatives that are going on here. Two hundred fifty thousand of these. I just aped in because I was freaking late to the game, and I saw our Discord operating in and or, or uh, aping in, and I think I. Uh, uh, top ticked that project like on the nail once again, which was great. What like, so he just tweeted this out and, and uh, it w there was a limited time, but he has such a large audience that far more well, once people. Once again, there's like the, the rumor mill, the, the rumor narrative mill and NFTs is very, 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 very strong. Some people were postulating that this open edition was going to be so that they can try to get the black check in Jack Butcher's project. Um, mm. And some people looked at the um, the name of the contract and it was called Project X, you know? And like, uh, so they were like, oh, like this is the thing. And then Vincent Van Doe said, no, literally I just created like 50 contracts back when like OpenSea did like the grandfathering in of like enforced royalties. And then people are like, are you sure about that, buddy? Um, so yeah, I think some people think that there's something coming with this project. It, and, nothing, and sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, just to add to that. Another thing that was weird that you don't normally see is that he, is that Jack changed it to Pepe checks while the edition was open and you wouldn't really expect that, uh, that like that from, from an experienced player like BBD, you would not expect that. But so that was obviously done on purpose. So I was like, huh, interesting. There must be something more. Uh, which was one of the reasons why I just was like, yeah, I'm minting this. Signal story checks out. Uh, in terms of the uh, the the speculation here, nothing beats speculation as it applies to price action in the NFT market. You if know? you remember, the most bearish thing about Goblin Town was when the founders actually revealed. It was more bullish when people thought it was Yuga Labs. <laughs> you know, so yeah, you, you don't want to get too close to the delivery. The speculation is a magic. Speaking of Yuga Labs, Sewerpass is about to break three ETH here. And wow, Gabriel Layden just pulled up and has the second highest score in Dookie Dash what? as of today. 18 yeah, minutes he just, ago. He just tweeted it. I, I 875. Saw that. What? First with 928. Gabe Gabriel Layden, Layden, you think he actually did it? Yeah, I do. Like, not even kidding. Yeah, I do. I genuinely do. You have to understand, Gabe Layden comes from mobile games. Like, has some of the highest downloaded mobile games ever. So like, I don't think he scored it himself. Zero. No way. <laughs> no I way. Did. I bet you did. My money's he did. Because he's good oh, at he just, mobile he games. Just confirmed it's not him. Damn, I was betting. Mm -hmm. Just confirmed. You know, you it's just it's said it. you owe me five ETH because of that five. Bad, bad bet. There, easy. I mean, hey, I'll Send just, me I'll just give ETH. you something to buy. You'll fade it, and you'll burn <laughs> the five ETH anyway. But no. Blade is saying he doesn't actually have the the highest uh, score. Yeah, bro, I'm like a platinum in Valorant, and I'm not. I'm not getting top fifteen percent, you know. <laughs> Dude, just saw something. Yeah, so he just paid somebody to do it, uh, which is great. He probably paid that top gamer guy. He was like, "Yo, do you want to work for me for like one day? Go What's beat really your own cool score." About that. What's really cool about that is this is actually like Axie Infinity 2.0, if you kind of think about it, right? But like instead of like people hiring like a bunch of people in like the Philippines and just grinding. Like now it's on the other side of the equation where they're hiring like pro gamers, high level, so, like, well-paid yeah. people. Yeah. And I think it's like actually 
probably the start of like a trend yeah. and there's some like really powerful synergies there because like this just got a bunch of people like in gaming like traditional gaming to like look at nfts and like you know see that attention so i think like people really got to give yuga labs like props here and once again people always like flood it like oh it's not like a it's not like a call of duty style game it's like it's well it's not supposed to be but like the mechanisms behind it like where you can delegate access like for other people to play and stuff like that like there's some good technology here you know and you, we'll probably start to see some of this stuff tie into like other side and other things that they're doing probably. Well, if, real quick, and I, we got to throw it a no to us as hand raised and then Bunny, but it's kind of like how before the UFC, there wasn't really like a place where martial artists could go and like make proper money, like actual money. And then you open up the UFC, you find out guys are starting to make money and there's a guy that's been training in Brazil for like his whole life. And he's kind of like, all right, well, I'll go over there and take some of that money. That's like the pro gamers. They're like, oh, okay. Like if the NFT space is going to give me an opportunity to go win a million dollar key from the board API club, ecosystem i'll go over there and take some of that money that's no problem i know gaming i can do that i've been training yeah Pierre, there's a pro gamer that has like four of the top five Yeah, mongrel's the one who has four of top ten yeah. we were looking at it last night he's got like one up until the gay bladed one he had one three four and like 13 or something like that and we were looking at the numbers of what he's made he's made over a million in Fortnite wins but that's over an extended period of time but like, he also he has game. content right uh, yeah, I mean, they all do. They all have teams that like clip the content and make it. But his Fortnite game winnings, like tournament winnings, are over a million. But this will be like his largest win ever across like gaming. That's great. That's phenomenal you're for NFTs. Getting, like, uh, you're even getting like Dookie Dash in-person tournaments. I saw someone just posted today that they won the first in-person Dookie Dash tournament and won five grand just playing in person. Like, it's it's literally just gaming coming into the NFT space, and there's a massive overlap. Let's go. Let's go. Nick, you want to say something before Node goes? Oh, no. They can go, and then I, I got a completely unrelated thing. So Great. let's uh, keep on. Perfect. Node. Noderino. How's it going, amigo? Yo, yo. Well, I am disappointed. My sewer pass, uh, I was going to try and time the bottom and pick it up, but I think that opportunity has passed. So that's that on sewer pass. But I, I don't will agree. Say, I don't it agree. It was interesting. What's you think you think the spot the bottom's not in? No, once the game ends and the scores get locked, they've already said that score plays into rarity. That's when the bottom will be in, I think, because those really low rarity ones with the smallest scores, like people who literally just pressed play to make sure that they played, is when the bottom will be in. But I mean, like, I don't think we see one five. Like, I don't think we see sub two, but I think we we'll see near the two five range again. Yeah, but do you need the sewer pass for the summoning? Ah, uh, yes. Uh. But yes. but I need a I need a I need a score right like I have yes. to have a score with my pass. But you'll be able to so buy a lock score. If I want to get one. You'll Move be able to buy mouse. a lock score on the pass. Is what they've said. The game ends on the eighth, and then the scores are locked. But then it opens up reselling on the secondary. There's a seven day gap from the summoning to when Dookie Dash ends. Okay, okay so I can still buy a score yes. off somebody. Yes. I may as well do that because, yeah, dude, I've tried first-person shooters, and let me tell you, it does not go well. I've been playing StarCraft for like a year, and I just barely made it to Gold League. So, Gold League's you know, not that, bad. That, that may not be my thing. On yourself. You just combined that statement, I've tried first-person shooters. This isn't a first-person shooter. This is a runner, and StarCraft isn't either, but uh, they, they all fall into different categories. But uh, So, one, your skill at one does not generally, I, I feel the like, run no. <laughs> Not true. A runner and a first person both require very quick uh, reaction times. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm and gonna run. Yes, it's not the same type of game. Okay, I'm gonna run to go be the first person to shoot myself. Talking about whether you played a first person shooter or runner or whatever the hell else. Um, but I am excited to hear about the the bottom buy after the score gets locked in. Uh, Node, what do you make of those art blocks? The one we talked about the other day, um, running the way it has, it's over 10 Ethereum floor at this point. Oh, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. So the harvest, yeah, it was, I, I should have known because I was getting a lot of DMs about it. Um, my take is, I think, I think there, like some people think it's just going to continue to just skyrocket. And I feel like this, this price action is really similar to Fontana which ran really hard. And then I was sitting there thinking like, I like Fontana, 
but it doesn't really hold a candle, in my opinion, to something like a Meridian. Um, Harvest is an interesting collection, though, because there's only 400, and the really good ones, they look incredible. Um, but then there's a bunch that I just don't want to own. And so that was my struggle was I, I never wanted none of the ones that I wanted were anywhere near the floor. Mm. So I never picked one up and, uh, you know, obviously regret it from a trading standpoint. I think they're going to continue to settle a little bit, but I could be, I could be mistaken. Um, one thing, one quick thing I wanted to mention on the checks is I don't know if you guys saw what Brian Brinkman wrote on Twitter, uh, the other day. But it's interesting that there's been zero movement on Damien Hurst, the currency, which which was clearly like a direct influence in like style, burn mechanics, like some of the stuff that Hurst was releasing. I mean, the checks is it, it, it mirrors it in so many ways. And that collection hasn't moved at all. And I wonder it just makes me wonder how that collection is going to age, because it was, you know, Damien Hurst, he is a great bridge between the two worlds. Um, and it just, it's kind of just been hanging out at that three floor. So that, that got, that got me thinking, I'm really interested in, in what's happening there. Um, and then the third thing I wanted to mention was, I think this, this OE meta, like with what we've just saw with VVD is almost like converting it into a social, like personal token, um, beyond, you know, we're thinking, okay, the art, there's these burn mechanics, but what if it's what if it really is more like just a, a straight up actual token? It's like it's the VVD token and it happens to have a picture attached to it. And now he's got his own economy. Um, that could be a really interesting meta that I have no idea where it leads. Yeah, I mean, this is for sure the most profitable thing that Vince Van Doe's ever done. I mean, you just pressed a button. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to be a jerk. It's like you pressed a button, you made 1.6 million bucks. He's had trades that are pretty big, though. He buys things for millions of dollars. He doesn't sell them. They're just sitting there, and the NFT market went to shit by 80-plus percent, and he had deployed millions. Look, at the end of the day, you really can't beat pressing a button one time and making $1.6 million. NBA players have to go play 82 games and practice every day to get $1.6 million if they're lucky. Uh, there's less than 100 guys in the world that can do that playing basketball. When you can press a button and make $1.6 bucks, it's just hard to beat. Bunny has his hand raised, and we'll go to Nick for that subject change. Bunny, what's going on, amigo? So real quick, with VVD, he did, like, one of the reasons why uh, he sold so many was he uh, minted uh, an NFT, like, five days before checks minted, and it, it's like a black square that just says, this Pepe may or may not be notable, which is, like, the same verbiage around the checks, right? This art may or may, or may not be notable. So, like, that played into the speculation of them being, like, super connected and that this was, like, well thought out. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that there's, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, kind of structure to what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, reminder that today's show is sponsored by us. Sign up for the newsletter. The first tweet that's pinned to the top, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y dot com to subscribe to our newsletter. Not going to tell you what's coming like Nick's talking about. Uh, you know, we, we're not going to say anything, but you're going to want to subscribe to that newsletter. T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y dot com. Some other documentaries from the Daily Question that were brought up. We got Active RN over here at JMW874 said the great hack I haven't seen that one. I'm not familiar with that one. Um, so I don't know if that one is a good one, but I'll have to check it out. Uh, DJ DNA Beats said the Internet's own boy. The story of Aaron Schwartz is a great documentary. I haven't seen that one either. These are some new ones. Um, Tipsy Host shouted out a classic if you like cooking content and just all-around badass personalities. Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown series or No Reservations unearthing some of the hole-in-the-wall places that you can eat around the world that are fantastic, supporting those small businesses. So shout-out to everyone that answered the daily question what the best documentary is. Nifty Nick, what was the subject change, Amigo? Um, in terms of uh, this weekend, there was one other trade that we didn't discuss, which uh, I forgot to mint Friday, uh, which was our sponsor, Loud Punk. Excuse me. Wow. Loud Punks. Uh, they ended up uh, pumping uh, over the weekend. Uh, people weren't buying. Now they're buying it. It's up to two ETH. I think it went at, as high as like 2.5 basically is where it was at. 
um, the floor two point four five, whatever. Um, and uh, and it's come it's come back down some, uh, but a lot of people were aping into that uh, this weekend. Uh, I, I guess you know it seems like a, a fair price at at this point in time. Um, but I was checking this out and regretting that uh, I didn't mint the mint price was one point two five, right? One point five, I believe. Correct, easy. Oh, 1.5. Yeah, it's 1.5. They minted about 50% of the supply. They, sorry, they did what? They minted 50% of the total supply. Got it. And then they just shut it down? Yeah, well, they said 24 hours after public sale, they'll cut it. And uh, you can even see now volumes kind of drying up. Look at all the WEATH offers coming in versus the actual listing offers that are being bought. Well, because I'm guessing there were a lot of people that were just purely speculating on the price, which is uh, a pretty interesting thing. There is, and and then there's a reveal that'll inevitably happen. But I saw a lot of people in the Discord, and I saw you tweet about it, easy. And I was regretting that I had not minted it. I probably would have gone for a flip. As much as I want to feel cool uh, and uh, pretend that I would go to a concert, um, I'm, I'm probably not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture you rolling loud. I'm not. I can't picture me rolling loud at this point. Quite frankly, I mean. I think it would be entertaining just to go and do it from like a from like a content perspective. Uh, us just rolling around, uh, rolling loud. Oh, with like, a camera like, and making content—that's like, fun. Like we're some bosses or something like that. Get in the VIP section. I mean, as we're discussing that, I'm <laughs> we're going to do like, it. We we got we actually got to do that. We got to contact them. And be like, dude, we need backstage passes to your concert and like i'm gonna be like so what's your name again and everyone's gonna know like it's like oh, rick ross Scott or something yeah. like that you're gonna be like never heard of you <laughs> wow i'm in love with this idea already just like nick full confidence like ladies and gentlemen you need to understand nick does not give an f nick will literally walk up to actual travis scott and be like hey uh, how are you i'm nick o'neill how you doing and he's like hey i'm like i'm t scott like what's going on and he's just like oh man, i'm not familiar i haven't heard of you um are you a musician? What do you do? But we're here doing a documentary trying to find out what people think about Rolling Loud. What are your thoughts on this event? And have you ever been involved with it in the past? And then isn't he the one that like didn't Rolling Loud get into some shit? Because went or that was a different concert that Travis Scott was at where the people the Astro World, his own festival. Oh, in, yeah. Uh, in Texas in which there was that was really bad. Incident. Yeah, that was really bad. Um, so signalizer hand raise and kicks kicks physically has his hand raised. I I feel obligated to throw it to him, Sig, because he's like he's physically doing it. Uh, Signal's virtually doing it. But let's let's go to Signal first. She had her hand raised first. Oh, <laughs> go ahead, Sig. Yes, virtual versus physical. No, it was just a quick question. Easy. Are the tickets for uh, the concert? Are they sorry for the festival? Are they airdropped, or is it that it's just this? They haven't one announced off. what it'll be. I anticipate it's actually going to be the pass in some capacity because this one pass is what you're going to be utilizing for all events. So I doubt that they give a, a singular one because they've also mentioned originally they said there would not be a minting a renting mechanism, and they've kind of gone back on that. Which like delegate cash probably would have solved that anyway if you use that for kind of renting it out. Which I think like is probably the most EV positive play. Like rent it out for five hundred bucks, give somebody VIP for half the cost of what actual VIP is, and now they'll make four grand off the eight events versus cost. Like so I this was such a no brainer EV positive play that I. Should have just bought, but I mean, okay. Um, it, it, if you're well, off by, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, as a finish this point, if they do announce and then change their mind that the ticket gets airdropped separately from the NFT, I think these are massively undervalued. Um, but that news would have to have to come in because it's not priced in, and then essentially it just it's just a dividend that drops into your wallet every single year uh, for the concerts around the world. But they'd have to do yeah. that news. And easy, it's it, like the way you're communicating about it is though you've like missed this trade, but it's only up like 0.5 ETH. To me, that feels like wor a worthy bet. Like it feels similar to when we bought the shoes from Artifact that we're never going to get. Uh, or when I bought the Adidas stuff and I just got, I got the tracksuit. Um, 15 months later. 14 months later from uh, Adidas who, let's be clear, that brand has one job. They create clothes. So like, and this was literally just a tracksuit. Like there's nothing special about it. There's no it's like technology built it's, in. It's, it's just a tracksuit. It's, it's literally just a tracksuit that doesn't fit me, I should add. But uh, it, it was a pretty, and then the beanie's like kind of small. Like it, like it, it's not big enough. I, I don't know. It felt like I went to like TJ Maxx and like picked up 
so like uh, the the like discount version of uh, a, of a tracksuit. I don't know. I'm, I'm like disappointed on that. This one seems like one of the most real world things you possibly can get, and like inevitably they're going to deliver value to these passes. I don't. I, I like. I I don't think they're making that up. This is kind of the first example of a a brand outside of Web three coming in and actually. Well, besides Gary V's conference, right? But I mean, that's also, yeah, I mean, Gary V's conference is a decent example, but it's like, this is one where it's already an established concert. It's already got social value. It's got cultural relevance. Here's an NFT that gets you into all of them anywhere in the world forever. VIP, blah, blah, blah. On the tracksuit. So do you guys remember that Adidas into the metaverse was trading at like two Ethereum plus maybe with Ethereum at $3,000? So now in hindsight, that was just for a tracksuit, right? Like, what else was there? That's it. Uh, well, there, there's going to be another burn dynamic, supposedly. I have no idea. I still own, stupidly, this garbage. And uh, <laughs> What's it uh, at now? Well, the second one, if you burn, is worth more, which is... Uh, uh, 0.36. Oh, actually, no. The, the original one is 0.36, is worth more, because you can burn it for the tracksuit. So the tracksuit is valued at 0.07, but I don't think you can do that anymore. So it doesn't it doesn't even matter. But like, I don't know. That one's weird. I where I really feel the opportunity lies, and I was looking at it this weekend, is the super high-end brands. Like Tiffany with the punks yep. drop, those NFTs, so those have been claimed. Uh I saw that Drifter uh shoots has been has sold his NFT. For over five ETH, basically, after he claimed the actual physical, which means that like people are valuing the cl- NFT collectible version of the Tiffany uh, NFT at nearly ten thousand dollars. That's like an insane price, and and so uh, m- maybe they're anticipating that there's some other value that's going to come from that. I don't know, maybe a discount on some Tiffany item. But I think of uh, we've always discussed it with like Rolexes and things like that. It just seems like that that's a uh, that's an opportunity um, for 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 just the high end brands. We saw the watch one that we discussed last week with the brand that I had never Hublot, as the, uh, <laughs> as, the, as the French say, uh, which like you'll never catch me wa- rocking one of those things. Um, frankly, you're not going to catch me rocking a, a Rolex. Apple just came out said they're making a uh, uh, or it may have been a leak. There's a higher end version of the Ultra coming out, which is even bigger than the one that I have. And I don't think any. How many people are mountain climbing? Like not oh, many. You may people. as well just super glue an iPad to your wrist <laughs> at this point. Like my God. I was thinking. I was thinking legitimately. I'm like, wait, hold on. Actually, so I have another Apple Watch. Why not turn that into a necklace, like a pendant, and just like put it on there, and and that's like your thing. Basically, you just got it sitting there rocking uh, the digital form. You got to charge your necklace every day, though. That's kind of annoying. But uh, uh, it was a thought. It crossed my mind, and it reminds me of... Uh, who's the guy that had the uh, the clock? Uh, on Flavor his, Flav. Flavor Flav. Of public enemy fame. Yeah. And exactly. the Flavor of Love, popular reality show in the early 2000s. That was a VH1 classic. Yes. Uh, that, that one was really good. VH1 was you know hot on the scene for a moment there. It was. Uh, and uh, it's no longer... I can't say that MTV is hot on the scene either at this point, but uh, it, it was it was a thing. Anywho, uh, other subjects going on. Well, at well the Signal moment. has her had her hand oh, raised. Sorry, my po- go ahead, Signal. You almost got in trouble, Nick. No, it's a crusty hand. <laughs> so I like took it down really quickly. Oh, and now I'm trying. I'm, yeah, and now so I'm that was of... earlier. That yeah, was so earlier. That... She had her hand raised. So sorry. As I was saying, <laughs> Po, the. Uh, uh, we didn't discuss this. Well, it, you, you mentioned it. It's worth noting just once again, the uh, so rare card that sold for $180,000. That beats, what was the previous sale top? Like 50 or 60,000? The number two, I, I got to find out. There was an Anthony Davis card that sold for the all-time high, which just got beaten. Um, but that was a John Morant that sold for 50K a couple weeks ago. You know, I've been watching the... Um, there's this guy on uh, Twitter, the col- the collectibles guru or something like that, and I'm blanking on his uh, name. And he really focuses on like sports card collectibles as well. But he was like, which one of these things would you rather have? And it was like uh, a five out of ten, five point five scored uh, uh, co- comic, like it was a 
original. Or- yeah, it was X-Men or Spider-Man or something like that. Or would you rather have a CryptoPunk? And I was just thinking about it, and I'm like, I'd rather have a CryptoPunk. Now, obviously, I, I'm like heavily biased, but it's just a better, I, I don't know, it's a better asset to me. And, and, and it made me just like all the more bullish on NFTs, just watching that experience being like, you know what? Like, the, I'm, I'm glad, A, I have a punk, but B, I, I think that uh, the NFT space has a lot further to go with, the, with this sort of aspect of things. What I wonder about with the with the so rare side of things, I mean, I guess it what's been fascinating to see is that an ecosystem that has free NFTs, aka unlimited supply, is able to also have assets within the ecosystem that are worth value and increase in price. We saw this not work with Top Shot. And I think the reason that Top Shot messed this up was every single item in their ecosystem was viewed as having value. So you're getting this thing that like is valuable and, and they ended up just diluting the supply of all of them. But I, I just think it's fascinating to see that we're now, we, that they have cracked the nut so rare on, uh, in particular, and this isn't even a sponsored episode by so rare, even though they are a sponsor, but I, I just thought that that was uh, a fascinating see, thing to see. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And it makes me so damn bullish on the future of NFTs where you can have within an ecosystem a ton of NFTs. It should also almost be bullish for doodles from that standpoint if you're gonna if you're gonna be like honest about it, is that like it, now doodles has picked a particularly, at least in my opinion, a slightly more complicated approach to their uh, their ecosystem. You got stuff on Flow. You got stuff on Ethereum. You got stuff in like 16 different places, basically. And I think it for the for the average person, when you talk about onboarding the masses, it, it's it's harder to uh, get behind that. Whereas like with SoRare, I think those trades that auction happened within the SoRare ecosystem, right? Like that wasn't on another website. Yeah, no. I mean, I they wouldn't be. Rep- yeah, like OTC deals. It's just not necessary on SoRare. They have the built-in marketplace. So and. and that alone just makes me incredibly uh, bullish on this sort of uh, ecosystem and the future of NFTs here. The fact that this is uh, like that, this to me represents essentially the future. Is is and and it reminds me of like when you think of like VV. I was like hating on VV back back in the day, and uh, I think it feels like no one discusses that anymore. VV chain like no one discussed you couldn't it. withdraw you you maybe still can't withdraw your money from vv like yeah, i think i think recently paused it yeah you, there was a time where you could and now you can't again it's from my understanding and there was like a minimum on how much you could withdraw you know what i mean like it was like i don't remember what the minimum was if it was a hundred if it was a thousand but they always made it tough for you to withdraw your money and Top that i had a minimum as well though which like i think part of that comes from Gasless transactions, fees, other things that I think play into that. It was a thousand minimum for VV. I think Top Shot was a hundred. So a thousand dollar minimum on VV, yes. which basically cycles liquidity inside the ecosystem. It basically forces you to continue. It used to, trading it. It used to take a full week uh, on Top Shots to get your money. I don't yeah. know how long it is now, but um, well, whatever the the situation is, uh, clearly someone's capable of pulling this off. And and this is, this just demonstrates that. Now I don't know. You could also argue, similar to VV, similar to these other platforms. You could say, well, this is so rare having its moment, you know. And and just like those other platforms, the uh, cool factor associated with this is not going to uh, sustain. I don't know that that's the case. And I think maybe like they've figured out a way to like make it engaging. And the fact that there's a game dynamic that exists within it. Other than just the game of collecting, which is all that Top Shot was, that's that's all that exists within Top Shot is, hey, I collected one of these and now I try and sell it and now I just own this thing. Whereas with So Rare, some of those cards actually give you an advantage when you think about it. When you have some of those more rare items because you have this better player and it's harder to get those cards. Like if I could get the Steph Curry card, although they're not doing so hot right now, but uh, if I could, I get the Steph Curry card. I'd personally want it. Um, and so that that's the uh, uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I think that it's fascinating. I think we're going to see a lot more of this. Um, I was talking with our law firm about what, uh, what we're doing so they can create proper terms. Um, some people do put terms on their website and, uh, in terms of, uh, the, the, uh, that's not, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. The terms, um, particular here, I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think we'll see uh, what they shared with me is that our law firm is, and I don't know if they're allowed to do this. They were talking to me about Digidaigaku and they're telling me about emails they're getting from, <laughs> from Limit Break while I'm on a call with them. And I'm like, are you telling them that you're on a call? I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. But let's just say we got the same lawyers, so that's bullish. <laughs> um, and and uh, we, we were just discussing like the terms of it. And they, to me, are ones that are positioning themselves to operate in this space. And I see so rare as the other one, and I don't see many other people. Give me one other person that's actually making this game dynamic happen. The closest thing that we're seeing right now are these checks and other things that have happened with the open editions that have the burn mechanics. I went and bought a couple of Alex Ness's, uh, Ness Graphics's uh, uh, NFTs, the open editions this weekend, because A, I've always liked his art. And he actually, when I looked at it, has a lot of interesting burn dynamics built into it. And I'm like, hey, maybe he ends up making dope art out of this and the price is not that high. So if you want to get involved with a, with a project like that, there's an opportunity to do it. That's the only other game that exists right now. I don't know if anyone has any other examples of games in the NFT space that like are actually surviving. But anyways. Well, me and Easy bought the top on uh, an NFT game this morning. Which one was that? Easy Trident or whatever? Pseudo Krakens. Trident Pseudo Krakens. I'm looking at the chart right now because there is an Arbitrum token and this thing is just cooking. So that's what actually led to the price action last night on it. I, I'm Sorry, what's the name of that project again? It's called Pseudo Krakens. On another chain? No, it's on ETH. Tokens okay. on Arbitrum. So they have like seven or eight medium articles already about it. It pumped last night. Me and Pio both just kind of fumbled in at the top. Happens to the best of us. But uh, I actually averaged down again for the rank 10 at like somebody floored it. So I just bought another one at 0.24. So I'm in for three at the moment. We'll see how it pans out. <laughs> the art on the NFTs look garbage. <laughs> to be honest, it's like... I mean, bro, art is... It looks so bad. I couldn't give less of a shit about the art. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I feel like it gives you an indicator of what's to come <laughs> and when it's like $5 pixel art, basically. And maybe I'm throwing shade. My apologies to the pixel artists who invested a lot of energy in the five different colors of an octopus that they made here. Uh, but it, 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 it looks pretty bad. For those that are listening, it's called Trident Pseudo Krakens. And if you search on uh, OpenSea, you'll end up finding that. I'm not participating in that one. But like, does anyone, like, you're not easy. You're, you're not like saying that that's, this is a project of the caliber of so rare or something like that. You're just aping into, so this is like some degen project, right? Yeah, got volume last night. So I'm okay. literally just playing off the volume and looked at the website <laughs> and the article. But it, like, it's tough to compare it to a fantasy sports card game. Like, what are you going to tell me that like any game is the same as well, that? Well, no, or? I think like Axie was like the first version of this that we thought like that people were saying was like something that was gamification, that it, that it was like a sustainable system, turned out to be a Ponzi. But I think that there's a lot of, uh, and that it's hard to, sustainably generate uh, passive income from uh, farming out uh, people to play the game for you. But, um, and then just keep diluting the, the, the supply. I just think that this is a trend we're going to see a lot more of. And we're seeing, uh, basically, this is the first real NFT gaming, I think, real sustainable trend that we're actually seeing begin to evolve and emerge. And that's that's the thing that I just wanted to call out and I think is exciting about what's going on there. So anyways, Nick, I think it was you who mentioned Brian Brinkman before. He announced a blockchain-based game called Cloud Poppers. Uh, you can sign up at like levels.art. It looks pretty cool. Because he his art always has clouds in it? I guess. And, and so, uh, the, and that that's like a recent thing? Yeah, they announced it this morning. Oh, I see it right here. It looks pretty dope. All yeah. right, well, we'll have to sync with Brian on that one. Uh, we're going to wrap in just a minute. I, I just had our pal Elio Trade. Seems like he's up early, West Coast time, uh, join the show. Elliot, we haven't talked to you in a bit. How's it going, amigo? 
Hey guys, just uh, just enjoying the show. Very tired here, so I'm gonna keep it brief. Uh, I literally just opened my eyes, but uh, just want to say shout out to the Nifty Portal uh, and and everyone here on stage. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. W- real quick, one word answer: uh, macro environment, bullish or bearish, Elliot? Yes. Ah, that's what I like to hear. Damn, the, son, the man has spoken. Find- that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Nick, any closing thoughts for the audience? Uh, I'm going to take a bullish on this, uh, P.O., and sign up at thenifty.com. Um, if, look, I, you, I just dropped some alpha for you, okay? A lot of people didn't see it. P.O. didn't even recognize the alpha that, that I just dropped. We have the same lawyers as Gabe Layden. Uh you're gonna fade us? You're gonna say they aren't they aren't up to anything over there? What? We need lawyers, dog. Do you need a lawyer? I don't know. Do you have terms on your on your site on your project? Are you properly protecting yourself and re- reducing downside liability exposure? Are you lighting tens of thousands of dollars on fire on a weekly basis just to have phone calls with Gabe Layden's lawyers? Because <laughs> if you're not doing that. You're not going to make it, okay? <laughs> That's not what all the big boys do, man. Light it on fire. Give it to the lawyers. It's, it's not tens of thousands weekly, okay? Our, our, our legal bill is actually incredibly low, and I'm proud of that. Turns out that going with a firm actually has uh, the argument that they have there for going with a firm is a pretty compelling one, which is that they have that in-house knowledge from working with similar clients. Like Gabe Layden. Where then they don't have to bill you for that contract. We're just going to legally copy Gabe Blake in terms of service. <laughs> like, that's essentially I also so. can't wait for the, the our law firm, who's also Gabe Layton's law firm, to subpoena us because we brought up on the show, on a recording, across platforms, that we have the same law firm, uh, law firm as Gabe Layton. They, they gave me that information. So, like, we're going to countersue our own law firm with the new law firm that we get. And, and that's going to be a bigger law it's firm. It's a recursive so. loop. It, it's actually beautiful. I, I, I have some guys. I have I have a team for that if you need it. <laughs> there we go. Then we're gonna get Elliot's law firm in the mix. Mix. We're gonna tell everyone that we have Elliot's law firm, and then he's gonna sue us. So let's just say, why are we investing in this? Because we're gonna drop some stuff, and we want to be prepared for it. So if you're not on the list, get on the list at thenifty.com. Sign up t h e n i f t y dot com. Also, I saw uh, Farouk earlier in the audience. I don't see him anymore. That guy's got to be stressed out. I saw some pictures making them look cool as fuck inside of the studio uh, while they were preparing to drop, and it was him on a laptop with, like, giant paintings behind him. Very cool. That, guy, that guy's looking very cool, you know? So We're going to do that, stuff like that, Nick. Just give it dude, some time. We're going to have some, some big paintings. We just don't look cool enough, and I'm getting frustrated with it, dude. It's, it's, it, is, it is frustrating that, like, all these other people have full-blown professional photographers. We need photographer friends. Yeah. Jan Silva's out for like through the entire drop doing photos of them crafting things basically. And I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? Like what JN, yo, the, it's on record. He's, now. he's too expensive. Well, we, we need somebody, anyone in New York, that's a great photographer that wants to do it for free. Come no. take pictures of us. Look, no, we'll, we'll pay, pay you. you. We'll pay you less than, uh, uh, we'll Jan pay you at least Silva. as much as, is uh, we we believe artists deserve to get paid, and uh, and that's better than nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. What a fun little morning, huh? Happy Monday, everybody. Go get after it. Uh, we have the same lawyer as Gabe Layden, you know. And every once in a while, you just got to speak things into law. So anyway, that's the show. We're back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Sign up at thenifty.com. And, and, and you'll end up uh, with a chance of getting a portal. I'm not saying we're doing it today, but there is, there, you know we're going to be giving out a bunch more of them. So just go over to the Nifty, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com.